What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bike Race Weekly. I'm back with my co-host over here, Ryan. Hey, guys. And we're going to talk about some bike racing. Ryan, you were just going to do, or you just did some bike racing this past weekend, and then we're going to dive into uh, an interesting topic, uh, especially with some end-of-season crits coming up, and that is uh, how do you sprint? How do you become a better sprinter? What's the, the keys to success in sprinting? Yeah. But we'll, we'll get to that eventually. And we got a few people from Intelligentsia, and we asked them, some top-level sprinters, how do they sprint? Yeah, we had some uh, some daily winners and some people that are super fast on the bike, and we got some really cool insights from them. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But before we do that, Ryan, you did some sprinting this weekend. You, uh, you did actually a stage race. Yeah, I uh, a uh, three-stage omnium. Was oh this boy. your first? Uh, oh boy! Oh, blowing up the phone. Was this right. your, was this your first uh, like stage race that you've ever done? Yeah, I mean besides Toad, uh, this was my first stage race. Uh, I wouldn't really count Toad because that's more of eleven days of just crit racing. Right. You could call it a points thing. A criterium but, omnium. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, this, that's like what Toad is. Yeah, and this is an actual stage race that was going for time so i think for a stage race to be considered a stage race it there has to be some kind of time trial involved yeah and i think this was like i would call this a traditional american stage race which was a crit a road race and a time trial yes in some kind of order yeah and i'll tell you what it's it was some of the most fun bike racing i've ever done yeah just that extra aspect of strategy with the time and the time bonuses and conserving your energy because I, I've never done a time trial before, but it it was a whole new like pit of darkness I've never seen before. <laughs> Espe- well, especially like after a, a circuit race where as soon as the circuit race is done, it's full on recovery mode because you ha- I had like two hours before the time trial. Yeah, and interesting enough, so this was the order of events of the weekend for you, right? So you started out with a road race. Yeah. And then you, the same day, you actually did a time trial. Yep. And then the next day, you did a crit. Yeah. Which yeah. is a little bit unconventional. Mm-hmm. You'll find most races will do like, they'll do the time trial and then the road race and then the crit. Yeah, they did this in two days. A lot of times, a like an Omnium stage race, they'll do like a time trial on Friday. And then the road race, circuit race on Saturday with a crit race on Sunday. Uh, a lot of the times, the, the crit race doesn't really do much, but they did really good with this, where they chose a, a crit course that was like eight corners and had a really steep, punchy hill. Mm-hmm. So there was just, it, it was a great course for like a breakaway to happen on. Yeah, and I think what's interesting about this race that you did, so this was the Project Echelon Omnium. Um, which they put on typically it's either in the the spring or the fall so this year it was in the fall I guess not fall August really yeah um but late summer late summer yeah but they make it so it's a circuit race and a crit so the circuit yeah. race is considered a road race technically but they actually put time bonuses mm-hmm. on every lap they only do it on one lap on one lap yeah. okay but there's I, th- the t- I think the they should have done more time bonuses okay even in, in the, the road r- race. The circuit race yeah. and in the crit race mm-hmm. but they did a good really good job of doing preems in this in the crit race as yeah. it is but, but I, I think that keeps everybody on their toes i yeah. think a lot of the time you'll go to a stage race and it's basically the time trial happens and that pretty much eliminates like you know most a, people a, most people from even contending the omnium 
and then the road race, everybody's kind of looking around at each other and seeing, you know, yeah. kind, of, kind of negative racing. And I feel mm-hmm. like the fact that they put in the time bonuses makes it a better race experience. And it, it gives people that are maybe not the best time trialists mm-hmm. opportunities to pick up those bonuses. Maybe that's good, though, that they have the circuit race first. Because then, you know, people are still pretty optimistic about right. where they can be. Why would you show up to the time trial? Or vice, I guess, yeah, why would you... You know, if you're if you're going for the Omnium, mm-hmm. and that's your goal, and you could do a crappy time trial, I mean, unless you're just doing it to race, why would you even show up for the next yeah. day, right? What kind of happened was, so there was like 15 people that started, who just did the Omnium, and that's, that's not counting people that just race to race so yeah. I think we had like 27 people in our circuit race and I think like 15 of them were uh, in the Omnium after the after the circuit race there's probably like five maybe like three to five people who just didn't show up for the time trial okay because they were like they I got dropped yeah it. I got dropped from the circuit race there's no point okay and that like they paid for it and just didn't show up and then mm-hmm. after the time trial even less people showed up for the crit race because they're like, what's the point? So yeah. I think just about half the people who paid for the Omnium didn't even finish it. That's crazy. Yeah. Because I mean, my, that- my thought is, is like, because um, after I did my time trial and I'm sitting there talking to the other guys, it seems like all the other guys did really well. And I'm like, well, you know, if I'm a minute off of first place or third place or something, I mean, at the very least, I can go for a, like the win tomorrow in the crit race yeah and you would think too like you know each each like stage is an opportunity to win so even if you aren't going to win the omnium i mean you can still win the crit you know like you could pick up some preems you could just do well you can win one stage and not do on the omnium yeah so i always thought that's kind of weird so the way that the the circuit race played out was i mean the the name of the game this weekend was just you know use as little energy as i had to so I so during the race I just kind of sat in, you know, followed wheels. Um, it was actually pretty boring. And you're naturally like you. I know riding with you like you've got a really good kick. Like you, your your game is to sprint, right? Yeah, and that's kind of I I just and the finish was a pretty solid uphill. It was probably a between a four and eight hundred meter uphill. No, okay, it was probably 300 meters. Yeah, Yeah, 300 meters, I would say, from the bottom of the hill to the finish line. So a power climb, sprint finish. Yeah, power climb. And yeah, and it's got some, it's pretty steep. Um, And I knew you you do it five times. Okay. And I knew I need to uh, save so much energy that I can do my full sprint up that hill. The time uh, bonus came, and I was like, if I get it, I get it. There's only six seconds on the line. That's for first place, fourth four seconds and two seconds i took fourth place in the time but i i kind of followed the guys who were going for it and i wasn't really sure if i wanted to use the energy and i think i didn't really have that uh i wasn't really with them so i didn't really go for it okay we we dropped quite a people few people on that uh came back together sat in for the next two laps and then i was going like 10th wheel into that climb because it's like 300 meters yeah so yeah. everyone sprints from the beginning of the hill right which is ridiculous so i did this race a couple of years ago and i made a huge mistake i attacked going into the corner going into the hill yeah and i had a nice gap and i'm like man i'm gonna win this race and i died halfway up the hill like it's yeah. a long it's a long finish yeah it's so you gotta long. The, the hard part of that race is you gotta you gotta chill yeah and for sure. you gotta wait till halfway up the hill to even do anything so 
all these people are just hammering it. And if you can get like a good draft, you know, since it's a pretty short still, climb, still a draft, yeah, yeah you're still it, getting a draft because they're hammering. They're going pretty fast, mm-hmm. but and it's a pretty short climb. You you kind of just sit in, use that momentum, and then halfway up the hill, I went. And I took fifth place in the circuit race. Solid. Yeah. Um, I was sitting, like, top ten wheels, like, right around tenth wheel. Okay. So those front, like, three, four guys, they kind of kept the gap on me. But those all the other guys, like, I just went right past them. Yeah. So I was pretty happy with that. Solid. I was, pretty, I was still pretty fresh for the time trial. So after that, I just straight went to my car, uh, blasted the AC, took off all like my my jersey and stuff i th- yeah i think that's something people overlook when they're trying to like recover really fast especially between like on a on a kind of like day where you're doing one event in the morning and one in the afternoon is that your body the the higher the body temperature is the harder it is for your body to recover mm-hmm. right so like that's why people like will take ice baths after it's not because you know they might they're just going for complete recovery yeah yeah um I slammed uh, a water bottle, two Gatorades, and then um, I had a bunch of granola bars. So you just get all the carbs that you can get. As much. much carbs and sugar as I could put into my body. Yeah, smart. Also, smart. I, I uh, didn't mention either. Uh, last week, I had put both my water bottles on my cross bike. Mm-hmm. I got to the race, realized I didn't put a water bottle on my bike. Dude. <laughs> so... Did you have any water? I had zero water. You didn't even put one in, like, your jersey pocket for, like, an emergency? No. So, what you're saying is that you don't even need water to do races. I'm not going to lie. So, the the race was short. It was, like, a 30-mile circuit okay, race. Okay, so it was, like, a longish crit. It was for, a long crit. A it was a little crit. bit longer crit. Okay. So, I think five so laps, I hit my point of, like, I seriously need water. Yeah. But I was fine enough to do what I did. Anything longer than that and you would have like been one like, more lap I would have been really hurting. Oof, yeah. But but also too the night before in that morning I had hydrated really well. I think I had something close to like I want to say almost like 300 milliliters of water so the night before the day before deploying the camel tactic just yeah, do all your so hydrating was, before the race I went really I went into that race super hydrated do you know what's really interesting which I don't think people can really accurately replicate but so a lot of the times when people set their PRs what has been found I guess is when people set their PR, PRs and stuff like marathons they generally finish the race like 10% dehydrated yeah, that makes sense. Which, well, you're right, it makes sense because we're always taught to like keep hydrated. Mm-hmm. You never, you don't want to be dehydrated, but it was kind of what you were just mentioning. It was like to the point where you probably shed a little bit of water weight on yeah. that uphill oh, finish, yeah. and you could still perform. It was but hot. Anything too. past that, you would have been like dehydrated, and it probably would have affected your performance. Yeah, I I would agree with that. So uh, that was the road race. Do you want to talk about the crit at all? So you, well, time trial. Oh, next. that's right. That's right. You had a time trial in between. Yeah. Them. So I. So I recovered as much as I could and just sat in my air-conditioned car for, like, two hours. Nice. And just, that's all I did. I listened to a podcast. I just, you know. Uh, and then I got out. I did a 15-minute warm-up on my on my rollers, which was huge because a lot of people didn't do that, and they had super heavy legs. So just to, just to kind of get the blood moving in your legs again mm-hmm. felt like they made my legs feel great. Got to the time trial start, and they had... I don't know what was going on, but the time trial started 45 minutes after it was supposed to. 
So it was even later than you thought so, it was going to be, huh? So I was supposed to go at 5.12, and I per there at 5.05, and I ended up waiting for, like, another, like, half hour Oof. before I started. And, like, that's the worst, because you feel your legs getting heavy Yeah, again. you can feel the blood, like, yeah. going back into them. Yeah, and so it was a pretty rolly time trial. On the same course as the road race, right? You pretty yes. much did a lap yes. of the road race. And the finish was uphill. Yeah, okay. And I think I paced it pretty good. I don't think I could have gone any harder. Yeah. Uh, but man, time trials are just a whole new demon. It's just, you go so just deep. Right? Everything hurts. Your yeah. your lungs are screaming. Your legs are screaming. And like for some reason, your arms are screaming too. Oh yeah, I mean the 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 lactate's got to go somewhere, right? Yeah, <laughs> near near the end, you kind of phase in and out, you know, mentally. Yeah. And like, I was going down the, like the last stretch, maybe like the last mile, and I'm just thinking like everything hurts right now, and I still have to go up that hill. So will you be doing many time trials after this? Yeah, I mean it was. I'm, I'm not going to go so just like, do a time trial, but yeah, I mean part of that it was. I mean it's a huge aspect of an omnium stage race, you know. Yeah. So it it was like afterwards like it was awesome. Yeah. Like it's crazy how deep you can make make yourself go. Yeah. And then to see how you compared against other people. Yeah. So your mind is racing the entire time. You kind of wonder almost why people like choose that as a like form of yeah. racing. You know, some people they focus on time trials mm-hmm. and they just they love that kind of effort where like you just go like you're so deep and yeah. you're like you're just in a dark place. And then it's over. Yeah, and you go so much faster than you think you could ever go. And it's almost like just being not in that place is like pure happiness. Yeah, right. yeah. And then being afterwards, being able to say like, I was just physically better than everyone, you know? That yeah. Like it's a good feeling. It's, yeah, it's it's completely, completely objective, right? Yeah. So for your race, I guess speaking of completely objective, could you have a time trial bike? Were they allowed? No, no. It was, it was, it was uh, Merck style, Yeah, right? Merck's, Merck's style. Yep. Which I think, in my opinion, I think that's how all amateur yeah. time trials should be. Because you don't want the person that can just buy all the speed. That extra five miles per hour. Yeah, you know, like, time trial bikes are pretty expensive. And, you yeah. know, like, the wheels are expensive and the skin suits and all that stuff. It, it I mean, for a time trial, it adds up. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, Trainer Road um, did their whole thing with time trials, yeah. which was super cool to see how fast you could get but how much but, time they had to invest in that and how much like money they spent on the yeah. equipment it's unbelievable dude and they got probably almost five miles per hour i think you know yeah i think a couple of them went sub 50 on a 40k tt which yeah. is like wicked fast i th- i think at least one of them went mm-hmm. sub 50 i think it was like around 49 or like 50 51 yeah somewhere around there but yeah that like they you could you can't then in that scenario you can buy Speed and you can get a lot of advantage out of just putting a pair of clip-on aero bars and having like an aero road yeah. helmet. You can't do that, that though. You, you right? Have it to was be completely. A, yeah. Mercs is complete. So like a Merc style TT is you can't have any aero equipment aside from like yes. an aero road helmet, but yes. not a time trial helmet. You can't have a time trial helmet. You can have an aero road helmet. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, so I took third place in the time trial. That was a pretty that was pretty surprising for myself so that felt good to get i don't think it, i'm not that surprised though like after riding with you for a while like you're you're a diesel like i think like you can just like chug along at a high pace we did a lot of we did some of those madison practice crits where mm-hmm. you would just kind of like sit off the front and i just remember like being in the field 
and thinking like it's like a lot of effort to actually bring you back <laughs> so like i don't I'm, feel I'm, like a diesel though i'm not i yeah i feel like well and you did a lot of mountain biking this year too yeah which that's is true like, that's i mean that's time trial training that is pretty time much, trial, right yeah. especially the course you were on wasn't flat so you're just going up and down mm-hmm. and up and down yeah yeah okay you yeah. got a point but yeah. still don't feel like a diesel <laughs> um yeah, but the great thing about that was um, the guy who got first place in the time trial didn't show up for the award ceremony, and they had put in their and you know in their handbook for the race like you must be at the award ceremony in order to get your awards. Yeah, got to be on the podium. Yeah. So first place got, or second place got the first place award, which was like a free bike fit. Yeah, which is expensive. Which, which is expensive. A lot of the times you have to pay for extra stuff, you know, new yeah. stem, new you know uh, saddle and stuff. So you end up spending. It's if, not free. It's not really free. Yeah. The advice is free. But what I did get for free is second and third place prize, Ooh. which together is probably around a $50 val- value. I got a, um, a box of 12 Cliff Bars. Oh, and not only Cliff Bars, the nut butter the filled n- yeah. Cliff Bars, which are mm-hmm. the Gucciest Cliff Bars you can they get were good. at this moment. They They're were good. They were so tasty. And then I ha- got some, they were called recovery pills, mm-hmm. sleeping recovery pills. It's really just fancy melatonin with a little extra. A little extra something, something, something that hopefully won't like make you it. It says like on the bottle. It, it says on the bottle that it's um, like WADA approved. Yeah, or something. I hope so. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's what really every supplement that's cycling related yeah, should yeah. say, right? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, uh, to be honest, I took I used those pills um, that night. I mean. It works yeah. like melatonin. Sleep good. I slept really well. Yeah, it's there essentially melatonin. Keeps you in bed. It's it's like the main the the two main ingredients were L-theanine. Mm-hmm. If you've ever heard of that, it's like a uh, like a I believe it's like a vein or artery relaxer. Oh, okay. so it's made to open your your veins like to a, allow more like blood flow. The opposite of a vasodilator. Yeah, the vaso. Yeah, I don't know. Opener. And then um, then melatonin hmm. helps you sleep. So nice, yeah. So uh, the circuit or the crit race the next day, uh, I think there was like fifteen people that started. It was smaller. A lot of people didn't show up, and it was a great course. Eight corners with a really, you know, steep, punchy hill. We we started with fifteen. There was a crash, um, and after the crash, we we were hammering it because it was right behind me, and the people couldn't catch on. Slash, we dropped a lot of people when we were hammering it. So I was in a breakaway of like five. Um, by the end of the race, I think we dropped one of them. Okay. So it came down to me, the guy who was in first place in the Omnium, and then two other guys. One was a teammate of the guy in first place. The guy in first place went off the front for like probably like five laps. Okay. Like for so a good amount of time. Good amount of time. That's at least like yeah. you know ten minutes maybe. And uh, the two guys that were also there uh, when before we dropped the one guy. Uh, they were on a team together. Okay. And they wanted to just hammer it. They just went to the front and yeah. wanted to bring him back. And I'm like, you know, if we don't need to hammer it, you know, this is like just classic, <laughs> like high category tactics of as soon as someone goes off the front, we have to just hammer it. You to mean catch low, it. low category tactics? Yeah. Well, low, I, it depends how you look at it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, you know, especially in a stage race, you kind of understand how strong everybody is yeah like, nobody's really holding their cards that close to their chest mm-hmm. by the third stage so unless you really think the guy is gonna like win solo for a 40 minute breakaway you can kind of just let him like w- waste his race essentially yeah let him sit out there yeah let him fry so a little bit one of them 
one of them was telling us we gotta diesel it <laughs> and the other one would do like full lap just all out efforts to Jeez. try to catch on and i mean you can see the guy up the road yeah. is starting not, to hurt yeah you, you know is, you, you can you visually know, like, see cadence it. gets a little lower yeah we kind of bring him back a yeah. little bit and then he kind of looks back and tries to put in like a little effort to get a little get way a gap again. but you can visually see he's hurting and i'm like i told him like let's just set a pace let him sit out there and let him sit out there for a little bit he'll come back to us mm-hmm. which eventually he just sat up right and you just get, came back to us you get to the point when you're in a breakaway and you're yeah. like i'm not staying out here nobody's coming with me and it's yeah. time to just pack it in like there was like seven laps to go and that was when he was like sat up and he's like yeah i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do this mm-hmm. so then um we kind of just i mean we kind of just raced together the last seven laps um i think there was a time bonus that i took that was like six seconds nice padding your second place yeah yeah because the other guy that was in there i wasn't sure where he was placed in the omnium so i was like if he is like you know within a few seconds of me just in case i want to take this time bonus just to secure it yeah for sure for sure yeah and then um and this will transition us into our next topic yeah so the sprint the sprint the so the finale of the crit yeah so i was sitting like third or fourth wheel I was pretty okay with wherever I was. I was. Re- I really just wanted to be third or fourth wheel. Would you say you were the best sprinter in the group? Um, and I think I think everyone was pretty even. You think so? And it was based off of I how being, tired you were. I think you're being modest. No, I don't think I was. Because if I was, I would have won. <laughs> Touche. Um, but it, it didn't. So it didn't. Yeah. Technically, end in a sprint, though, did it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. It it didn't. It didn't. I guess. Um, so we went. We took that uh, uphill. And uh, that everyone just hit it hard. Yeah. So we go up the hill. The one one guy kind of tries to make an attack, and that guy who was off the front tried to follow him, and I got onto his wheel. So you're knowing right. he he was so he's um he was the guy I was like this is the guy I have to beat today. So you were second wheel in the chase. Yes. Following one rider who is a very strong rider, but he's been out out on his own the like for quite a few laps so he was tired he so was if, tired so if you could have gone back and done anything differently i would have followed the guy you just would have taken off yeah i would have just gone. followed him yeah okay um so i sat on him and it was kind of like he just didn't gain anything on him so we didn't guy, lose anything but we didn't gain anything yeah and the guy just sat out just like a few like two seconds in front of us bummer dude and um so we go into that last corner and uh, I think I hit a gear, and it was kind of like I started sprinting, and my rear wheel kind of kept flopping oh, around yeah. because I was kind feeling. of in one gear too hard because I'm always scared of uh, spinning out. Yeah. And because of that, I wasn't really getting traction on the ground, and the guy behind me kind of just barely slipped in front of me. Yeah. So, so you got third. Yeah. You got third. And I mean, we just came. I mean, we. I I crossed the line almost like I had to. Like kind of remind myself, oh, there's a guy up like who just crossed the line too, who he posted up. Yeah, and like I was like right on his wheel when we were crossing the line. Yeah, like, like that's how close we were to to him. Bummer, dude. So I took third, which I was honestly I was fine with. Again, yeah. I mean, as I got the best award or prize, honestly, yeah, was second and third prize. Well, right? second or, no, no second place. It was the same prize. Oh, same prize. Okay. So first place got the the fit, I believe. Maybe they got something else. I I wasn't really listening. Okay. Okay. Second place got those recovery pills, yeah. which 
Whatever. You probably I mean, saw them online. You can go to the store and just get melatonin and it'll work the same. Yeah. yeah. But I got the real prize. The 12 pack of Cliff Bars. Oh, baby. Is that a prize? $20 value. Is that a prize? <laughs> and they're good, too. They're blueberry flavored, yeah. I think. So, Almond butter filled. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I actually felt, to be honest, I felt bad for the guy who got second place because I would have been like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I got these like pills and he right. gets an he entire gets box Cliff of Cliff Bars. bars. <laughs> Nut butter filled Cliff Bars. Yeah, Cliff these bar. are like the big boxes, not the ordinary boxes. No. I mean, we love to talk about Cliff Bars. Cliff Bar, if you're listening, please sponsor the podcast. There you go. Yeah. I mean, we can do yeah. them while we're talking even. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, they're that good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We'll, well sell them like crazy. We'll sell them like crazy. We'll People are going to eat them up, literally and literally. figuratively. Yeah. 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 We could sell Cliff Bars. We could sell Cliff Bars. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, so, I took second place in the Omnium, uh, third place in the Crit. So well, I feel congr- pretty good about that. Congratulations, man! You're doing you're doing the podcast good. Yeah, you're giving us some good stuff yeah. to talk about. But more importantly, uh, this just makes me feel a lot better about Gateway. Gateway is gonna be good for you, man. Because yeah, I still have um, my plan going up to Gateway. Is I'm putting a real solid week of training in this week. I took yeah. today off. I'm gonna get on the bike tomorrow on Tuesday. Yep. Um, then next week. I'm doing, it's kind of like a, almost like it's in between a training week and a taper. Yeah. You do a little bit less, but it's like shorter. You're keeping the intensity up. You keep the intensity up, but it's less hours. Okay. So you're, and this is like your peak. So like, yeah, yeah. you know, I think a lot of times people worry about like losing fitness. You're not going to gain fitness in a week. No, but what you're doing is you're just shedding all that fatigue. Yeah. You're letting your legs kind of, you know, just get like yeah. primed. That's especially what you're doing. For, you're priming yourself. Yeah. Especially we're doing four days. Four of days of racing. racing. Yeah. So you want to be pretty fresh. I mean, yeah, it's not like doing like mm-hmm. a, a toad or intelligentsia cup, but you don't want to come into a tire. Yeah. You know? You'll really hurt the last day. Yeah. So, um, and then after, so at the end of that half taper week, I guess, um, I'm doing the race, the lake in from that goes around Lake Winnebago. Nice dude. It's like 88 miles. I'm doing it with my dad and my brother. It's a so good, good day of training. Yeah. It's going to be like, I mean, it'll be like four or five hours of just like soft pedaling essentially. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's we're doing an easy wave because my it's with my we, dad with and my dad, brother. Right? So you're not racing it, really. No, I yeah. mean just having fun. Call it. I'm doing an easy bike ride that happens to be 88 miles with 150 other people. With your fam, there's like a thousand people that do it, but we're in like a wave of like 150. Yeah, yeah. So as long as I don't crash, I think I'll be fine. Right. They have like six um, feet areas, so at each feet area, I'm just gonna. Stop and get some. I'm gonna free put food. it down. Yeah, you don't even have to bring food if you don't want to. I probably you, won't. No, you just like eat at the feeds. It's not like you guys mm-hmm. are gonna be going hard. You probably don't really need to eat. I mean, a they lot. have goos and Cliff bars yeah, and stuff. I'd, I'd be good. I might bring like one of the Cliff bars with me just to make it to the first feed zone. But yeah. I have no intentions of missing this feed zone. No, you'll be good, dude. So, and then after that, yeah, just a full on recovery week uh, leading up to take it easy to up that gateway. Yeah, yeah, dude. So that's the plan. Well. It'll be flying. No, yeah. That's all I got. All right. Do you want to talk real quick about your next two weeks? Yeah, my next two weeks. So I, I honestly haven't really been riding that much. Um, I had like, uh, I had kind of an injury, some really bad road rash, and then it was taking me a while to just kind of recover from that too. So I was gone at the Intelligentsia Cup where I had all this road rash. I didn't really get a lot of sleep. And then the next week, I still had really bad road rash. That's the worst part about road rash. You just don't really, if it's in the bad a bad spot, it really like disrupts your sleep. So, you know, I finally got my bike back together. Um, I've been like doing a little bit of stuff, like mm-hmm. a little bit of easy riding, just kind of to ease back into it. But you know, I got my bike fixed and all built up and stuff like that. So that's ready to go. This is I'm gonna kind of have like t- 
two, I would call them medium weeks, but really focus on like intensity. Yeah. I don't think I've actually really done a lot of focused intensity this year. I've always kind of been like keeping the volume pretty high. Yeah. And even though my fitness isn't going to be that high, I'm hoping if I do a lot of like VO2 work, some mm-hmm. sprint work and just keep the intensity up and especially cause it's kind of for a shorter period of time that I'll be able to kind of roll into gateway cup with a shorter period of tapering, but just keep some of that speed in my legs. So, um, are you going to ride indoors or outdoors? Uh, for this next week, indoors. Indoors. Yeah. Trainer road? Or? Yeah. Trainer road. I, I'm still using some trainer road. Okay. So, um, yeah, I got a, I got a couple things I still got to get figured out on my bike, but I'm just going to put it on the trainer for now. Um, I like to kind of just jump back into some structure training for a little bit. Okay. And get, get some of that really quality work in, which mm-hmm. is good for me. And then, yeah, that's Gateway. And then figure out everything after that. But I'm looking forward to it. I still think it's going to go well. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got my hope. I'm coming to it with zero expectations. That's good. I think it'll just go. My uh, best races just, have been going in with yeah. zero expectations. And I think it's just going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. But so when we're at Gateway, we're going to be doing a lot of sprinting. Because yeah. every single day is a flat, almost four-corner crit. Mm-hmm. So you, you better bet that... If not all of the days, most of the days are going to end in a sprint. And personally, I love bunch sprinting. I wouldn't say I've got a good sprint, but I do just like the bunch sprint, you know? I would say you have a good sprint, though. You have a pretty good sprint. I think I'm better at sprinting than breakaways. Yeah. I think you just don't give yourself enough credit. I think you've got a good sprint. I think I thought I had a really good sprint when I was a Cat 4. Yeah. And then now that I'm racing with better guys, it's... Um, I think it's it's different because uh, more more goes into a sprint rather yeah. than just how hard you can sprint. Like when we used to race, when you were like a cat four, you would just like re- like sprint away from everybody. You and could you, you, you could, could hammer it through corners just, yeah. to get better position. Yeah, exactly. And I think once you start to upgrade, it's now like instead of it being about the last lap in the crit, I think it starts to be about the last five laps. And, like, how you can navigate. So, like, for anybody that's maybe unfamiliar with crit racing, typically, if there's five laps to go and it's everybody's together, there's no breakaway up the road, it's going to be a sprint finish. Mm-hmm. So, with the sprint finish, you want to be close to the front, but you don't want to be on the front. Yeah. So, five, you know, like, five laps before the end of the race, it's what's typically called, like, a washing machine, where what happens is people from the back are trying to move to the front, and then once people that are in the front loose position, they try to move back up into the front. So there's a lot of skill that goes into navigating that washing machine, and there's also a lot of luck that goes into sprint, yeah. fin- which is kind of why I like it. You know, you're really rolling the dice. Like I, I typically am. I'm really good at getting fifth place in a in a sprint finish. Like I am like the fifth place champion of. That's the world. honestly a sweet spot right there. It is until you get like. Where, where I'm saying them. like that's the point of like. If you're good, you're going to be up there, but there's, but, like, still, like, some sort of improvement that yeah. just maybe hasn't clicked yet. That's that's what I mean. I think my positioning is mm-hmm. really good, but I don't have, like, a really hard, strong, fast sprint. Yeah. So, like, I know where to be, and I know how to get up there, but I can't finish it. You know, like, if I come into the last corner in fifth place, I'll be getting a fifth place or less in the, in the mm-hmm. sprint finish. But I think a lot of that, in my opinion, I think a lot of that comes down to when this washing machine effect is going on where everybody's jockeying for position in the last couple laps, in my opinion, I think you always need to give yourself an out. 
So I think people always complain about getting boxed in. You know, oh, yeah. I got boxed in on the sprint. I got into the middle of the group and I couldn't move anywhere. Well, that's your problem. You know, mm-hmm. like for me personally, like if it's, let's say it's a, the last corner is a left-hander and I know I can take the corner faster than most of everybody else, I try to keep on the inside of the course. So when that washing machine kind of comes around, I can just pop out and just move up really easily on the inside. So that means that I can, what's called, I can take like uh, the hot route, which is usually the tightest route into the corner. And then I can take it faster than most people, and that's how I get all my fifth places. Yeah. So I'm going to put this past you. Sure. Do you think... um, your your like physique has something to do. so you're a lighter guy yeah do you think being maybe closer to like 150 pounds would help you out yeah i've always so i've gone back and forth with that in my brain i'm i'm not built necessarily for crit racing i'm like um i'm a smaller guy like usually i'm at like 135 pounds if i'm heavy i'm at like 140 pounds and I've always played with that in my brain, like, should I just gain weight and really try to, like, lift some weights in the winter, put on some more muscle, and kind of increase those, like, uh, you know, those, those sprint muscles, I guess you mm-hmm. would say. Um, and I think physique does play a big role into it. Um, I think a lot of it's neuromuscular, too. So I've seen a lot of guys that are really good sprinters, but they're really skinny. Mm-hmm. But they just have a really, what's called, like, a good neuromuscular... Um, uh, pedal stroke so like they can move the cranks really fast really efficiently so they, their sprint is like 150 rpm it's really really high and they can sustain that for a really long time and that's just how they generate their power here's kind of my theory with that so if you want to use like a Colin Strickland as an example is that a good example of someone kind of like that like skinnier but yeah I would say really hammers it I think is his yeah you see him sprint a little bit more yeah. this year but he is I would say he even I think he would describe himself okay. as more of a breakaway rider. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, m- what my thought is with something like that, <coughs> excuse me, is I think typically a lot of the times those skinny guys just have so much fitness and knowledge of the sport that they can, you know, they have such a high fitness level and they can s- conserve their energy so much that when they get to the sprint, they're just so much fresher than the guys who also sprint that they they're able to always win mm-hmm. you know so it's more of yeah. like i think it's kind of more of a you've built a higher fitness than most of the people in the race yeah. and you know how to conserve your energy throughout the race where even though you're not as good of a sprinter you go into the sprint fresher which allows you to sprint better yeah i think i think that's a really good point too it's not necessarily i be i beat guys all the time that tell me they have a 1600 watt sprint which for Mm. anybody that doesn't know is like a is a really good sprint like five second power you know i beat guys like that all the time because you're right they just don't have like as good of a fitness they get to the final sprint and they're just tired or they have really bad positioning Mm -hmm. um i think once you're able to combine those two things so once you're able to get to the end of a sprint and you're pretty fresh still you've got a good sprint and you have good position I mean, that's pretty much everything you need to do well in, mm-hmm. the, in the last lap of a race. Yeah. And um, so, like, uh, kind of like a, for what I did this summer was I was I was really focused on losing weight this summer. And I got down to, like, 148 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I put my volume and training really high. And I just flatlined. I did not gain any fitness. 
What? As soon as I um, retested, got my power, and then purposely tried to just feel my body and gain like weight, like kind of like just let my body uh, mm-hmm. gain the weight that it needed to, you know, get better. And I went into this weekend around like 156 to 158 pounds, and I felt a lot better. Like just fitness wise and like fr- freshness wise, I just felt like at the best I've have that I had like all summer. Yeah, I think. Well, I think you gained fitness, but I think you really hurt your top end power. Yeah, I think that's, that's kind of what you meant. So like, yeah, I I think everybody kind of has like a natural spot that their body. Like I think everybody has a spectrum, right? You have like a uh, some wiggle room. Like mm-hmm. for me. I could probably lose some weight and I'd be just a crazy climber, which would do me no good because we live in Wisconsin and there's there's nothing longer than like a two minute climb. Or I could probably gain a couple pounds and I would probably be a much better crit racer if I did that, which mm-hmm. I'm it's kind of what I'm leaning towards next season. You know, already thinking about next year, I think I'd like to get in the gym a little bit more, do some weight training, definitely focus on like getting that sprint to a better place. Yeah, I think you should. I think it would be, I think you could take that fifth place and make it a top three easily just by gaining <laughs> if, 10 pounds. Hey, if I was, if I was in the top three, I'd be happy. I mean, yeah. I mean, how much do you weigh right now? Do you know? About 140. See, that's, that's, that's pretty light. Yeah. It's super light. I'm five, eight. So it's especially for Kurt racing. Yeah. For, for yeah. flat races, it's not doing me any favors. Yeah. And I've always noticed when I gain a little bit weight, I start to do a little bit better on the flat races. So yeah, I'll keep that in mind coming into the next year. All right. Why don't we, uh, hear some, actual sprinters talk we can talk all we want about sprinting but we've got some fast people that i that i managed to hunt down at the intelligentsia cup so we've got a little bit more audio uh we can get some some better ideas of how to how to be a better sprinter from these folks right here all right so uh what's your name i'm charlotte Kova. and uh what team are you riding with this week i'm riding for rock salt attacker and where are you from charlotte i'm from australia sydney Awesome. So what is your uh, number one tip on sprinting? Uh, my number one tip is uh, make sure that you don't, just don't wait. Don't wait. I went really long yesterday um, and I left nothing left in the, in the tank at the end. So yeah, I just sent it long and I didn't regret it. So that's my number one tip. What's your name? Rasam Bahadi. And uh, what team are you with this week? Oh, nice. I'll catch you before you leave. Uh, what team are you with this week? I'm with uh, Methods to Winning out of Los Angeles. All right, man. So what's your number one tip for uh, for sprinting? You've got uh, quite a resume in terms of being able to put down some fast, uh, fast sprints. Yeah. Um, I think you have to know when to differentiate urgency to patience. And I think once you... Uh, can calculate those things in your mind and, and like in slow motion for the most part, um, your sprinting will be a little better. All right, so uh, what's your name? Uh, my name's Hayden Strong. Uh, what team are you racing with this week? Uh, Bissell AGB Giant out of Indianapolis. And where are you from, Hayden? Uh, I'm from New Zealand, um, but I've been studying at Marion for the past year. Very cool. So I noticed this week you got quite the kick, uh, really mixing it up in the bunch sprints. Uh, what's your uh, What's your best tip for uh, for sprinting, for bunch sprinting? Um, mainly, I mean, a lot of it's positioning, definitely positioning. Um, I kind of like to hit the hit the corner before the line very fast and um, just come out on people when it's it's confidence. You just got to go for it. You got, can't second guess yourself. And you just got to whack it. Yeah. So I think we had some pretty solid sprinting tips from some superstar sprinters. Yeah. So uh, why don't we break down 
what each one said. We'll mm-hmm. start with the first one. I forgot what her name uh, was. Her name was Charlotte. Charlotte. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, apologies um, for all the stuttering too. I usually tried to catch these these riders like right after their race, so I was always like in the middle of chaos. So her her tip was go d- go early. Yeah, don't think, just go. Just go, right? Yeah. And I think that's that's a great tip. That really speaks to like my heart too, as somebody that's like not obviously she was a good sprinter, but somebody that's not a very good sprinter. If you're not confident that like you have the best kick in the bunch just go like you know be the first one to the last corner and just open it up right like if you get a gap then she so she won the the sad the last saturday race which was glen ellen which is a pretty long sprint finish kind of uphill but also slightly downhill it was like a rolling sprint finish okay um but yeah she just opened it up like probably 100 feet before the last corner and just hit it and she came through and i think she won by like half a wheel Wow. So it was super close, but that's a great tip though. Like you don't have to like sit on wheels until the very the very end and kind of surf. You can be the first one mm-hmm. in the corner. And yeah. a lot of times that works really well too. I think a lot of that too comes from like she knows the type of situation mm-hmm. and looking around her, she can assess the other riders. And also too, she she has to be so in like in tune with her body that if her body's like I want to go, just let it go. You know, mm-hmm. it's kind of like a yeah. You, you know, feel it out. Right? You feel it out. Right. But if you get that instant, like feel of I should go right now. Don't if you if you wait at all to like doubt yourself, the moment's gone. So she's saying just go. If you get that feeling of like in your in the back of your like mind, it's just like just go, just go. You listen to it, right? You don't hesitate. You don't, don't hesitate. hesitate. Yeah. yeah, and yeah, I mean that's. That's the name of the game, right? Like, I think a lot of times, especially I've had teams that have been on where everybody sits around and they're like, what's the plan for the for the, the last lap or the sprint? You know, how are you going to take the last corner? And, you know, I always used to try to think it out and be like, well, I want to be like third wheel of the line. But you start to do a lot of races and you realize, like, there is no plan. Like, mm-hmm. the last lap is absolute chaos. Like, you might need, you might need to go with half a lap to go. You yeah. might need to go, like before two corners to go like you just don't really know mm-hmm. and know? that's that's a really good point uh moving on to like rasan yeah in that last lap know when to be urgent and when to be patient right it's just it's pure chaos like it doesn't matter if you're a cat five or you're, you're a cat one like the last lap the last couple laps is just like everybody's trying to jockey for, for a position everybody's like you know like running into each other and you know rubbing rubbing elbows against each other it's just uh, you've got to know, you know, when to be calm yeah. and how to make those decisions. Like, yeah, because you you only you have such a small margin of error, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the last sprint. Someone who the, like, um, who it comes to mind when I think of this is Peter Sagan. So if you go back and watch his like aerial from helicopter sprints, you'll see he'll be like fifth wheel, and then like a mile to go or something all of a sudden it gets swarmed mm-hmm. and you just you can just tell that he's super calm because he, you know you know he won the race but you'll see how like in that last mile he gets swarmed with all these teams trying to go and then it almost always kind of breaks down and he just knows when that happens that he knows the people whose wheel he wants to yeah, be on you know the and, people you race with and then going back to charlotte he always just reacts instantly. She, she always reacts. You said Charlotte. Did you mean Rasan? No, no. I meant kind for, of what, Sh- Charlotte oh, what Charlotte said. was saying. Yeah, Peter yeah. always just reacts instantly, 
you can see something happening up the side of him mm-hmm. and thinking he needs to be on that wheel. And then it's almost like just pure instinct that he's just on that wheel. Going. Going. Right. And then all of a sudden he's in the on the second or third wheel after the chaos happens. Yeah. And just stays calm, doesn't use the energy to, you know, try to get through everyone and and but just instinctively knows what to do. And and I've I've watched like quite a few races with Bahati and I've he actually has a really cool YouTube channel too where he puts up like a bunch of his races. He wears a GoPro during his races. And I think the thing you always notice is like in the last couple laps, if it is going to be a sprint finish, he you never see him making these kind of crazy jerky moves. Like sometimes you see guys like sprinting up for position or like, you know, like kind of blasting through the middle of the field to try to get close to the front. Bahati doesn't do that. Like mm-hmm. he you see him just snake through the field nice and smooth and when when the time comes, he hits it. And that's the only time you ever see him you know, like do something that's really like powerful and really like wild is just hitting that last sprint. Yeah. And then, uh, the last point positioning, positioning, it's pretty classic. I think more importantly, confidence, confidence. It's crazy. How many people that you talk to that race bikes that say, I'm not a sprinter. I'm not a sprinter. And I think, I don't think anybody is truly not a sprinter. I think it's just having the confidence to be in the sprint. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I mean, the only way you get confident with being in a sprint is being up there during the sprint. Right. It can be pretty daunting. And on top of that, too, you have to realize that in order to win a sprint, you have to dig really deep. You have to be really uncomfortable mm-hmm. for, you know, like five to ten minutes. That's that's really tough. I mean, when you go into that last corner, you're going to be at about where you think your body can go. And the sprint hasn't even happened yet. You have to then push your body almost to a new limit in order to be the fastest sprinter. I know the times that I've done really well in sprints, which is not often, but like I finished the race lights out. Yeah. Like I, you can't like, I can't pedal my bike. I'm, I'm so to the limit just because you have to put out so much energy in the last couple laps and then you do you sprint as hard as you can yeah that's honestly that's the hardest part of sprinting is just getting over that mental barrier where you're you're just like wow screw this like i'll just roll in you know in top 10 you know that's doable i don't think i can do this Mm -hmm. and getting over that and be like this is going to go to the person who digs the deepest right if i want to win i have to dig the deepest sometimes i think a lot of sprinting or a lot of positioning comes down to laziness you know i think people are just like a little bit turned off by how how deep you have to go for such a short period of time that I think it's just I think people don't realize like everybody's hurting that bad and like I always tell myself when I'm in that position when I'm sitting like you know fifth wheel coming around like the last couple corners I just keep telling myself like this is fine yeah this is you know like this is this is okay like this is normal like you just gotta put up with it for a minute more like a minute and you might win the race yeah and um, I think Rasan touched on it a little bit is being aware of the people around you. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I've kind of started to, to do was kind of take checks of all the people in the race. And you'll start to realize you can see other people getting visibly tired, too. Yeah, absolutely. And seeing other people and realizing other people are visibly tired kind of makes you think like, oh, I'm not that tired, actually, because these people are way more tired than me. Yeah, I think 
that's this is one of the reasons I just love sprinting is it's such an art right there's so much that goes into it you also have to know who's a good sprinter and I know that's like you have to do your homework almost before you show up to a race like you if you don't if you show up to a race and you don't know anybody that's racing there like good luck following wheels in the last couple of laps because if somebody's a really good sprinter and you're not at least close to them or like in front of them maybe even just like on their wheel like I mean, you're going to have such a hard time winning the race. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, if you do go to a race and you don't know anyone there, that's when you need to take mental notes of, you know, when you go to the line, who looks fit first off? Yeah. Who are the people that are trying to get off the front? Who are the people chasing down, especially for like a Cat 3 race, the people chasing down or going off the front are typically the stronger people. So take note of that. And when... It gets to the end of the race realize that they've been going off the front or chasing things down and you even if they're better than you you're probably equal now because they've been putting in bigger efforts if you've been just sitting in oh yeah and sometimes it's really helpful like when you go to a race especially when we were racing in chicago i didn't know most of the people that are racing there you just ask like hey man like who's a good sprinter like you race with everybody here every week you know who usually wins the bunch sprint and I've found pretty much every time that person will be like, oh, yeah, this guy is always like, you know, winning our bunch sprints or this guy is always in the mix. He's usually, you know, on on the podium. And if that person is like, no, I'm not going to tell you anything. That person's a jerk. And or probably the person or, you want to be on. Or probably the person that you might want to follow, you know. <laughs> that's a that's a good tip. I yeah, never like, thought of just asking. Honestly, you just like so. I mean, we live in an, an age where like you can go online and like look at road results. Yeah. You can look at USA Cycling, and you could all the stalking and like figure out who is like the person to watch. But sometimes you just go to a race, and it's like, hey man, I'm kind of not from around here. Like, who's a good sprinter? Who yeah. usually wins? You can just ask that. Who usually wins? Yeah. And I mean, now, kind of like what you said, USA Cycling has a ranking system. Yeah. And then um, I don't think you can go to their individual profile page, but if you take their name, put it into Google, and then put like, so if I wanted to look up Rick Grunwald, I would mm-hmm. put into Google Rick Grunwald USA Cycling, and yeah. it'll take me to your profile page, and I can look at all your results. Yeah. Or roadresults.com. That's how what I use oh, okay. to stalk yeah. everybody, too. That's like the best way to like... They even have, like, some kind of cool metrics where it'll show you, like, if that person wins a sprint finish. I don't know if it's always accurate, though. Sometimes, like, they need a certain amount of data to, like, make those kind of uh, statistics work and happen. So, sometimes they aren't always accurate. But overall, like, for positioning and placing and stuff like that, it's, like, my go-to. Yeah. All right. So, we're coming in at around 50 minutes here. Oh, no. Well, with the... The new audio, probably audio. around 40, 52, 53 minutes. All right. So why don't um, we both just real quick touch on, just recap. So uh, say a little bit on like stage racing, Omnium racing, yeah. and then just touch on what each person said and maybe wrap it up with yeah, what you think is sprinting. Let's let's give our, our top yeah. three takeaways from what we've been talking about. Yeah. Ryan, you want to go first All right. since you raced a stage race? All right. So stage racing... Um, the, the name of the game is recovery you know each if you if it's a circuit race and a crit race and a time trial uh recover you know just sit in don't do anything fancy recover 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 during the race give it ev- give everything in the time trial and then just manage your the time bonuses do what okay. you can and then 
What was after that? All right, the three points. Um, yeah, or just you know, your second tip, your second recap. Okay. Um, yeah, with sprinting, um, fo- I mean, training-wise, VO2 max, get really good VO2 max win. I mean, everyone always says three to five minutes. That's that's a pretty good sweet spot. That's the last couple laps right there. It's a VO2 max effort. Yeah. And then um, what those people said, I mean, trust your instincts. I mean, as soon as you second-guess your instincts, the moment's over. Um, be, be patient and be urgent when you have to be. But, I mean, that goes with recovery. Be patient to recover while other people waste energy. And then, you know, be mindful of the situation. And then be confident. That's yeah. That's what I got. All right. What well, about my, you? My recap is um, from your stage racing experience. Um, always be aware of who's who are your competitors. If you're in an omnium, know who is the person above you and who's the person below you in terms of like time bonuses and stuff like that. Because that's the that's the the real race is the omnium. It's not the race of the day. Um, my second tip is I yeah I think after listening to a lot of those uh those good sprinters that we talked to um open it up you know like just let it let it rip and um you know be be cognizant of what's going around on around you and don't stick to a plan you know i think for sprinting that's like the one thing where the plan is never the plan the plan is just instinct and then i think my my third recap is um anybody can sprint like you don't have to like don't think of yourself as somebody that can't sprint even if you don't have like a huge a huge like big powerful sprint you just have to figure out a different way to sprint figure out what works for you that's a good tip that's a good tip yeah that's a tip coming from again somebody that doesn't sprint that well (laughs) all right uh don't forget to go follow us on instagram we got a new page we do have a new page bike racing weekly on instagram i think it's bike underscore racing underscore weekly on instagram we're going to be putting up some posts i mean we're going to have a post for every podcast we do to remind you guys uh, that there's a new episode live and yep. what it's about. We'll We're probably gonna, do. We'll have to do our tagging on there. So uh, yeah, I kind of I didn't really realize this. I probably should have. But you can't tag people on Facebook. Oh, you can't. So I was trying to tag the people that we had in the episode. Oh, we're still figuring these and things out. I couldn't. Out. You could. You can type their name. Um, if they have like, you got to be their friend. I think. Yeah, you have to be their yeah. friend. So. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably tag tag some of the people that we were able to talk yeah. to. You can tag uh, people on Instagram, so can, we'll do that. Yeah, you can follow us on Facebook, again, Bike Racing Weekly. Um, follow the podcast, subscribe to the podcast. Uh, we always love reviews. Um, that's Bike Race Weekly. Bike Race Weekly. Bike Race Weekly is the podcast. You can find it on iTunes or Stitcher if you're uh, on an Android device. And, yeah, subscribe to us so you can get the latest episodes right when they come out. All right. Thanks for listening. That's a wrap. See everybody next time.